Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is Dialogue. Hello and welcome to this Dialogue special coming to you from Munich, Germany, the site of the 60th Munich Security Conference. I'm Xu Qianduo. Germany is one of the most important countries in Europe because of its significant economic and geopolitical importance as well as its long history. Most Chinese regard Germans as pragmatic, disciplined and efficient. So what are Germans' impressions of China, Chinese people and culture? Join us as we talk to people here in Munich. Uh, if you are asked to use like a one keyword or three keywords to describe China, Chinese culture or Chinese food, Chinese people, What's your description? Of course, with a big economy. So especially about the economic power and a very, very important trading partner for Germany. Definitely the culture. It's the like culture. the food and everything you see here mm -hmm. and just to see it in real life. That the food is really good. <laughs> Chinese food, yes. Chinese food. There are many Chinese restaurants here. The future is e-mobility, I think. And this is what China is one step in front of, of Germany, I think, at the moment. We have so many brands from China. We use so many things here made in China. For example, uh, BYD, very important in the automotive and energy EV, sector, yeah. in, the EV, brand, yeah. uh, in the EV part. And we basically see that many of the traditional German industries, such as um, chemi uh, chemical or manufacturing, as well as automotive, are being threatened, but in case of competitive threat, um, by Chinese companies which managed to get better and better in the last decades and now are even surpassing some of the German technology leaders because the Chinese EV companies are simply a step ahead of us. But at the end, I think to, to come closer, we have different systems, of course, we have different cultures, but at the end we have one world. China has a, a big role there. By talking to people on the street, I realized the necessity of people-to-people -people exchanges between China and Germany. Most of the people I talk to have never been to China, but they do have heard of China. They understand that China is one of the most important economies. Some are aware that China is the largest trading partner of Germany. Some even notice that China is already ahead of Germany and other European countries in areas like EV, quantum computing and AI, etc. Still, most of them only have some vague ideas about China. China is a big country with a vast land, China is far away, China is different. Again, we do need to reinforce engagement between each other. Germany is the birthplace of a modern auto industry. Since Karl Benz invented the first car in 1886, the country has gone through more than 120 years of development and has become a major player in the world automotive industry. However, a new force has emerged. Recent data show that China has overtaken Japan as the world's largest car exporter. What are the factors behind the auto industry boom in China? What does this rise of China's new energy vehicle industry mean for the country and the world? And is a win-win scenario possible for China and the EU in the car industry? To answer these questions and more, I talked with Dr. Ferdinand Dudenhofer, Professor and Director of the Center for Automotive Research. Well, according to data you know, released by the China Association of Automobile Manufacturers, both China's car output and sales uh, hit records in 2023, you know, with output exceeding uh, 30 million units, up 11, more than 11% year on year, and the sales topping more than 30 million units, you know, up 12% year on year. 
So what do these figures say about China's auto industry? I think if we look uh, in the last uh, 15 to 20 years, we see that the Chinese car industry gets stronger, stronger and stronger. First, we saw all this uh, joint ventures, which had China to step in uh, in the car industry. But now we see that uh, Chinese uh, companies are very self-conscious, make great cars, very technology-driven cars, and uh, that seems to be very attractive for the customers in China, but also more and more for the customer in Europe and in other countries in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we are talking about the booming uh, the auto industry in China. Uh, tell us, I mean, you have been following the China uh, car industry for a, lot, for a long time, and you are the expert on that. So what are the factors, what are the major reasons behind uh, such a booming development? See, uh, if we look at the car industry, we see two big uh, trans transitions in the, in the industry. And in both of these transitions, uh, China is leading. Uh, the first is uh, the battery electric uh, vehicle. Uh, the battery electric vehicle has its home at the moment in China. So we see the battery uh, companies, Chines like CRTL, like EV, like Goshen, and many others, but also BYD with Fintrims. And this means that the modern battery has its home in China. The innovations are China-made from China people, from China companies. This is the first thing, which is very important for the electric vehicle, the key issue of the electric vehicle. The second thing is uh, the digitalization of the car, the smart cockpit, the intelligent car. If you look at Huawei, if uh, we look at other companies in China, like Beidou and Robocars and all these things, we see big advantages in China, which uh, help the Chinese companies to get uh, and to become very strong in the second part of the transition of the automotive industry. So China is leading in both fields, which are uh, very, very important for the future. Mm -hmm. So the innovation, uh, you are seeing innovation, I mean, plays an important role in terms of battery production, of course, and uh, plus, uh, say, the design and also the production of EVs. Yes, I, I think uh, if, uh, if I look where batteries uh, are manufactured at the moment. We look at China. Uh, in the past, of course, Korea has an important uh, um, impact or with companies like Samsung or LG Chem, but now it's China who is leading that. And it's not just the production, it's also the innovations which we see. So the big uh, issue, which uh, is uh, the cell to body or cell to chassis, um, are uh, innovations which are leading companies in China like uh, uh, CRTL with its Quilin battery or the, the battery from uh, BYD, the blade battery, given the trends and this trends helps to be strong and to become strong and to, to make cars better EVs car uh, as in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of uh, the number of cars being exported overseas, you know, people, at least some of them would point uh, uh, another uh, factor into the Ukraine crisis. Uh, they say Chinese car makers have uh, benefited from the absence of uh, competitors in Russia, mostly from uh, Germany, from Japan. Uh, what's your take on that? Uh, that's right. Uh, 
we see that uh, I guess uh, Chinese companies exported about 800,000 cars uh, last year to to Russia because uh, all Western companies uh, get out of Russia because of this conflict uh, with uh, the war with uh, Ukraine and. Uh, uh, Russia by itself had uh, a demand for cars, and uh, by itself, Russia has no uh, car industry. Therefore, the Chinese companies profited from uh, that set trend. However, I think uh, Russia will be important for China's companies, but uh, in the future, other companies, uh, other countries get more and more important. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of uh, EV, uh, many people would say, I mean, that's also the, the real picture. Uh, most of the electric vehicle, uh, vehicles produced in China are on the road in China. Uh, so the number of ex being exported of the NEVs, the new energy vehicles or electric vehicles from China, they're still limited. Is that the case? At the moment, yes. Uh, but I think uh, in the future, uh, the exports will uh, uh, go on and go on and uh, will increase. However, I think it's not uh, the exports uh, which make uh, the future. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Chinese companies will found plants and manufacturing sites in Europe. So uh, have Chinese cars manufactured in Europe would help the Chinese companies to hedge risks Risk, for example, political risk uh, you could have, uh, tariff risks you could have with the trade, but also risks uh, for exchange rates, uh, which are uh, doing so. It's some kind of what uh, all car makers in the world like to have. Uh, we call it natural hatching. So if you go in natural hatching, that is a new form to bring the world and the car manufacturers together, not just exporting cars, but producing cars in the different countries. Well, uh, if you uh, compare the, uh, you know, the, the major car or auto center in the world, you know, uh, say the United States, European countries, in particular Germany and China, Japan, uh, you uh, once talked about this future of the car industry, like back in 2020, you said that the USA, quote, had been the world uh, innovation leader for the last 50 years. For the next 50 years, and possibly forever, China will define the technology development in the world. Tell us more about that. Do you still hold the view? So see, we, we see certain uh, periods uh, in the car industry. The first period was the period uh, with General Motors, with Ford, uh, which uh, they made the car affordable for mass production uh, for, for customers on a worldwide basis. And that uh, was also backed by a big uh, market, uh, the home market of General Motors and Ford and Chrysler in the US. That holds on for 20 or 30 years, and then Japanese car makers like Toyota stepped in, but also German car makers like Mercedes, like BMW, like Audi, like Porsche, which are uh, in the premium sector, very successful. Uh, but now we are in a situation that we have a big transformation in the world and in the world car markets. And this transformation and disruption uh, strategies and uh, innovations are on the one hand, the battery electric vehicle, the new energy vehicles, and on the other hand, the software-driven cars. Software-driven car means the intelligent car. So the smart cockpit, what we see, the self-driving cars, what we see, what we see on robot cars, and all these things. And 
expose very important innovations and steps as its home in China, because you have in China companies like Huawei, like Tencent, like Beidou, which are on the forefront uh, in the IT sector. And on the other hand, you have uh, the battery uh, industry with very, very strong and innovative, uh, um, innovative companies like uh, CRTL, like uh, BYD and Fintreams, like Goshen, like EV and others. So I'm pretty sure you have a big home market, the biggest home market, the biggest market in the world. So you can do and can create uh, scale effects. And on the other hand, you have all the innovations we need to be successful in the car industry of the morrow. So it's the Chinese century, which we look in the future in the automotive industry. Mm -hmm. uh, with the advantages, uh, you know, China enjoys right now. Uh, Professor, can, can you tell us you know, what's the difference, um, you know, from based on what you said, it seems like the EV is more technology uh, heavy in, you know, versus the traditional vehicles. Is that the case? And how different is the EV from the, the traditional cars? See, uh, the EV, uh, if you look at the EV, the battery is the most important uh, part. If you have the battery uh, costs about or it takes about up to 40% of the cost of the car. So if you know how the battery is functioning, if you have a best proposition, a best selling proposition in the battery field, have the great innovation in the battery field, you have a big part of the electric vehicle. So the electric vehicle is a vehicle which is driven by battery innovations. And China knows that battery innovations. If you look at the conventional cars, at the internal combustion, combustion, uh, combustion part, so we see that uh, the engine and, uh, the, and, and the 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 uh, the exhaust emissions and all these things are very important. The Europeans know that. The Germans know very well. However, we have deficits in the mo most important uh, part for uh, the future vehicle. That is the battery and. The second thing is we see more and more the software. Uh, well, of course, you know, we, had, we talked about the U.S., talk about China, you know, uh, say European market, uh, you know, we do see, um, although the, the amount, the percentage is small in terms of the presence of the Chinese made EVs in the European market, but already, uh, you know, people are becoming nervous about the importing of Chinese, uh, China made EVs there. Uh, so what's, what is the concern? Uh, is the concern justified? Um, so that is a concern which also the EU Commission paid up to, 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 to the agenda and said, okay, we have to take care to protect our uh, European industry uh, in contrary to, to the Japanese car makers, which, which step in. I think that is the wrong position. You can't protect uh, against uh, uh, competition. See, we sometimes uh, compare it a little bit with the U.S. and with Japan. So uh, in the U.S. Uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, um, there had been uh, the trend stop uh, the exports from Japan to uh, the U.S. Um, and uh, then they made ceilings uh, so that the Japanese could not export more than 10 percent of the cars which are sold in the U.S. So there was a, a limitation on, on that. And what did the Japanese do? They built it and planned uh, the so-called transplant. That means they built up factories in the U.S. 
And the problem was um, the U.S. car industry, General Motors, Ford and uh, Chrysler, became very weak because they had a protection. If you have a protection, you don't fight very strong, like uh, in a strong competition. So the effect was that uh, Toyota is today uh, the second largest car maker in the U.S. Uh, they sold the cars. So there was no protection against um, Toyota, Honda and the other thing. It was the contrary. So it was wrong to build up uh, protection against um, the, 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 the Japanese industry. And I think the same would happen in Europe if uh, the ideas of uh, the EU Commission to uh, come in uh, with uh, trade tariffs with, uh, uh, to, to, to block the, Japan, the Chinese companies would be detrimental, at least for the German car industry. Mm -hmm. uh, then if that, you know, follow that uh, thinking, you know, the U.S. has uh, basically established the barrier, you know, by having this uh, anti-inflation uh, act or bill, you know, which has little to do with the inflation, um, but they, they, they provide subsidies for the, for the, for the, uh, for the buyers of EVs. Uh, Will that work? Uh, I think it uh, depends on uh, uh, the elections in the U.S., See, um, the U.S. is sometimes also a difficult uh, country. Um, uh, Germany and Europe are uh, close uh, to the U.S., but sometimes uh, the U.S. is also thinking just on American for American and not also for, 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 for the world. Um, what they do at the moment, uh, they make tariff barriers of tariffs uh, for the Europeans, but also for, of course, the Chinese cars to protect itself. Um, and... Uh, <clears throat> If they go into the electric vehicles, like China is doing that, then uh, the American car industry will have a disadvantage, a cost disadvantage, because they cannot build, they can build up scales. The second thing is, we don't know what's happened to the U.S. It's uh, a risk at the moment. Uh, if Donald Trump will win the next election, then I'm pretty sure they will go back to the gas engines, uh, to the internal, external combustion engines, and they don't care on climate change. Donald Trump will don't care on climate change. Uh, so that is the risk of what is American doing, then the, wrong, the, the, the road to, to go back to the climate uh, uh, industry and to the climate uh, change stopping would be more difficult for the U.S. compared to China or to Europe. Yes, uh, the Trump factor. Uh, but you know, be beside that, you know, you remind me of the, the importance of competition. You know, currently in China, there are about 100 uh, companies, you know, engaging in producing EVs. So fierce competition here in China in terms of price, in terms of, you know, service, in terms of uh, basically being more innovative, you know, every few months, you know, you, pr you produce something new to, to beat your competitors. I mean, that is, uh, let's say, a healthy environment for long-term development? I think uh, uh, in each uh, industry, we see some consolidation. There are a lot of startups and young companies which are fighting and uh, uh, going up uh, on a very fast and uh, the industry will consolidate. So we will have uh, less uh, brands, less uh, car makers in the future also in China. However, at the moment, this fierce competition helps to build up the strengths in China. So um, we know it will change the world. We will know 
we know that the picture of the industry landscape will be different uh, looking in 10 or in 15 years. However, at the moment, the speed and the dynamic of China, that is very important. Uh, China and Chinese companies are so successful because they are so dynamic. The Europeans sometimes and the Americans do not have this dynamic. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, you know, when it comes to this, uh, another factor that is, you know, often uh, accusation you you heard of, like uh, from the media, in particular from, uh, you know, English media, for example, they say, oh, China has subsidies for its EV industry, and that's why it gained rapid development. Uh, well, I, I think you know, few people would deny that. You know, you see, you do see subsidies for new industries. You know, here in the U.S., in China, and also in some EU countries. Uh, but is that the only factor? And how important is it? In um, it seems like countries practice different kind of subsidies too. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, absolutely, we have to uh, differentiate between the kind of subsidies we have. If we give subsidies directly to car makers or to specific companies, then uh, we have an unfair competition. However, if we give subsidies to the customer buying cars, uh, whether it's a European car or a Chinese car, he gets the subsidy if he, if he buys um, an NEV vehicle then that is the right approach because then we can uh, force up uh, and speed up the process to uh, stop uh, climate change in the world because uh, we can just stop it with EVs and NEVs. So that is a very, very interesting thing. Um, unfortunately, in Germany, our government has stopped all this subsidy. That is strategy. We will lose in Germany because our uh, our, um, our government has stopped this. Other countries like Norway do that. Um, so uh, what China is doing is, in my point of view, the right approach. It's not an unfair competition. It's a fair competition in which China leads the way into um, the climate control time with NEVs. Well, that, that is, uh, you know, to a certain degree, of course, that's the case, you know, for China, we face this uh, heavy pollution and we feel the impact of climate change so much that the government, uh, they, they, they had this long-term plan in terms of, uh, you know, developing uh, basically technologies to deal with climate change. Uh, but coming back to this relationship, you know, of course, there's ongoing subsidy investigation uh, launched by the EU against the Chinese uh, EVs. Uh, so, what are we expecting? Uh, what kind of uh, outcome uh, there will be? I think uh, uh, if we uh, look uh, at the EU Commission, it's uh, a little bit difficult to uh, forecast because uh, the EU, EU Commission is uh, very, uh, Frau von der Leyen, the president of the EU Commission, uh, very much also linked to French government. And French government uh, is a government which uh, uh, likes to have protection for its industry. So it could be that uh, there will be tariffs on uh, Chinese uh, imports. Uh, that is uh, a worst thing in my point of view, because I'm pretty sure that China will react on that. Uh, and that would be hurt very much, for example, Porsche. 
uh, or would hurry much, uh, also, uh, would also be a strategy for Mercedes and, and BMW because they export, of course, the, the big cars uh, to, 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 to China. That's the first point. And the second point is, I'm pretty sure if we will come up with tariffs, Chinese companies will speed up its process to produce cars in Europe. And then you can have a protection against that. So it's the same story like we saw in the U.S. 20 or 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Professor, you have been advocating closer cooperation between China and Germany uh, in the automotive sector. You, know, you actually suggested a, a bilateral industrial trade deal uh, would be ideal situation, and such a deal could be reconciled with EU politics. Uh, do you still embrace uh, these ideas? I think it would be very, very positive the German car industry if we can come closer together with Chinese car makers and Chinese suppliers. Because, see, this new world is a world in which we have strong brands from the past, like Porsche, like Mercedes, like BMW. And uh, these uh, brands are also have also a good reputation in China with Chinese customers. Uh, on the other hand, we have also uh, in mechanical engineering, uh, good engineers in Germany, very perfect engineers. We miss a little bit the software. We miss a little bit the batteries. And we come closer together. We have a win-win position. Though German and the Chinese companies, we see that with VW, which is uh, making and producing cars, for example, for uh, Saic, uh, with Saic for Audi. And uh, also VW uh, uh, bought 5% of uh, the stakes of Chaopong uh, to get more and, smart and, and faster uh, in the development of uh, software for the cars. So in my point of view, it would be a win-win position. The problem is sometimes the politicians we have in Germany and we have in Europe, if we can convince them, then that would be a great, uh, a great message. Mm -hmm. uh, what about your idea, you know, uh, being accepted by, by say, the, the industry, uh, by, you know, in, insiders in the industry, by people who are familiar with uh, uh, this in industry, you know, beyond politics, let's say? My, my feeling is uh, in the industries, uh, the uh, CEOs and the top management and the managers are very open to that question because today, if you look at Mercedes, they are very close to China. The largest plant of Mercedes in the world is in Beijing, <laughs> not in Stuttgart. Uh, and uh, the second largest uh, innovation center of BMW is in China, not in the US or in other countries. So uh, our industry is very close uh, to the industry uh, in China. They accept another, they uh, talk with other, they have joint ventures. Uh, they work together. So that is a way to go in a better world, in a world without uh, without conflicts, in a world with, in which uh, we can bring together different strengths of different companies and the industry is very open to that. With that, we come to the end for this dialogue special from Germany. Many thanks to our guests. You can also find us on the CGTN app on YouTube. Thank you for being with us. I'm Xu Qinduo. See you next time.